Mati, signore e signore, vi do il benvenuto alla Ryder Cup, la quale rappresenta per me personalmente. Okay then, it's time for the talking to stop after this recording, clearly. <laughs> of today's episode of the Ryder Cup Commute brought to you by the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. It's time for the action to take over. The Ryder Cup is right upon us, the 2023 match here at Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Rome. Let's go. Let's get this thing sorted, shall we? So Michael McEwen here with you right now alongside Alex Perry. Alex, it is, we're recording this quite early, it is 28 minutes past Five on Thursday evening. You can probably still hear the the bass and the drums of the opening ceremony banging away in the background, echoing around the media centre, <laughs> making it feel a bit like a rave, which I think is the first time anyone's ever used the word rave in the context of the media centre. But it's upon us. It's time to go. The Ryder Cup's going to happen. It's almost there. It's we've spoken about this so much, haven't we? But it's just such a long week. I mean, yesterday, which was wait, what day is it today? It's Thursday. Isn't it is it? Thursday. So yeah. when's it? First of all, I think we should address the fact that we are alive. We are. We're oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Good point. We good went point. into Rome, and shout out to Bryce. Rome is really nice. <laughs> I don't know where he was going with that. Rome is unbelievable. Every single direction you turn, it is just spectacular. What a place. I can't, I can't get over what I was... To, I said to you last night, two and a half thousand years ago, if I'd lived in that time, I would think I would have been happy. You think so? Yeah, just live, just me and Big JC just chilling out. Big Caesar. Yeah. Yeah, not Jesus Christ. He wasn't born, <laughs> he wasn't born yet. Two thousand years ago? Yeah, he was. But it's well, like, 2023 no, years we're ago, talking, We're talking like 60, 70 BC, aren't we? Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. His mum was. Before Christmas. His dad definitely was, because he's well, always been around, apparently. <laughs> going on a strange tangent here. But no, honestly, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where Bryce was going with that chat about Rome and how he didn't like it and wanting to leave after a couple of days. Absolutely loved what Glorious. we saw last night. And then we went to a football match with Lazio, which was a remarkable experience, mm -hmm. spoiled only by a terrible football match. It was but. a dreadful game. Absolutely. So Lazio won 2-0, for those who are interested. They were playing Torino. Both teams are mid-table in Serie A, mm -hmm. and it shows. It really, truly shows. But I thought it was a pretty dull game first half. Some like three shots on goal, one on target. Second half livened up a bit. But yeah, you're right. I've never seen passion like that yeah. at a football game. I mean, Liverpool fans will almost certainly be tweeting me and going, oh yeah, but we sing that stupid song at the start of our games. But, <laughs> they, I mean, what's quite funny is they, they get up and they sing these songs so passionately, but they're singing things like My Way in Italian and it's essentially pop songs and waving their... These are supposed to be the hardest, most feared football yeah. fans in the world and they're just waving their little flags. Oh, God, I'm going to die. The flags are massive. This is how I die, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Some Lazio Ultra listens to this podcast <laughs> and hunts me down. I'm not... I'm staying at the movie movie. <laughs> in Milan. In Milan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bastard of a commute, but we make it work. Come and find me. But yeah, it was good fun. Enjoyed our, our little night in Rome last night. Tried Aperol Spritz as we well. We did. For the first time. We and did. not the last. Not the last. To add. I had a that's, prosciutto that's got a future in it. panini, which is what everyone eats at a football match. <laughs> I didn't. I had a hot dog. Hot dog and a Fanta. And a Fanta. He's yeah. happy. Great scenes. So yeah, that was last night. Today, 
it's obviously been one of those days where we're just sitting around, frankly, waiting for the opening ceremony to start and for the pairings to be announced. So, look, we'll come to the, the pairings in a second because I think we're still kind of digesting them mm-hmm. a little bit because this is very live and raw and it's only happened in the last, oh, 45 minutes that we found out who's playing who tomorrow morning or this morning, depending on when you're listening to it, or yesterday or last week, don't know, whenever you tune in. But let's talk about the opening ceremony first, Alex, because you took one for the team, man. You went down there <laughs> and you spent the whole time, like from the moment it started to the moment it ended, you were there. I was there. Soaking it up. Soaking up the beautiful sunshine. It, I don't know if it's just me getting a bit old, but I think I'm softening on it a little bit. I, re- I remember 2018 sitting there and just thinking, what is this? And 2014 as well. Just mm. like, this is just a nonsense. This is just a load of crap to fill time for all these people, just to give these people that have paid all this money to come here something to do. And that was the only reason why I thought they did it, which is, I guess, not a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. These people have paid plenty of money and gone to a lot of effort to, to be here today. And essentially... They got to watch the Junior Ryder Cup this morning, which, you know, what was the singles and what a victory. Lovely omen for, for this week. 20 and a half, nine and a half. Ludicrous. That's, a, that's, that's the real pumping. Qu- that's the real quiz. <laughs> so we, Well uh, done, Stevie G and team. Fantastic. <laughs> we, yeah, and then of course, after that, you know, we, they had nine holes of practice to watch and that mm. just... It, However you break it down, it's not a lot of action for people to watch. It really is. And now it was great fun. Like I was on the, well, I wasn't on the first tee. I was standing on the first fairway when the, t- when the European team came out to start their practice rounds. And yeah, it, w- it wasn't full. I would say it was three quarters full, but they were still making a hell of a lot of noise. I don't know if you heard it back here in the media center, but they were making a racket up there. And you know, the Ole 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 was getting going and the Europe, Europe and... Um, I think Bob Mack even got a thunderclap going. No way. He did, yeah. Impressive. And then he snap hooked one off the tee and almost killed me. Oh. I I can't, I should have, uh, I almost, I was, I was probably a foot from getting a signed glove off of him. So (laughs) Were you the Suzanne Peterson to his Charlie Hall? I really was, I really was. But, uh, no, it's, it, look, like I said, I think I'm just getting a bit older and I'm softening to these things because I actually went out there and I was like, everyone's just having a nice time. Everyone's, everyone out there's hammered for starters. And or has drink been taken? Well, yeah. Lots of it? Yeah. My God. Yeah. And that heat. So there's there's sun and booze. Maybe, actually, maybe it's just heat stroke. <laughs> Everyone's just delirious <laughs> from standing in the sun all day. But no, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was nice. It was good fun. The the, uh, the Melissa Satter came out, mm-hmm. did a small talk and then uh, announced Tom Grennan onto the, I don't know who Tom Grennan is. The last album I bought was in 1998. So, what was it? Seems like a, oh, I don't know, something, something about not. Oh, the last album I bought. I thought yeah. you were. I thought you were asking me what the Tom Grennan song was. I was like, no, you should have seen the whites of my eyes just then. <laughs> the last album I bought was probably The Offspring or something. Ah, like. right. Yeah. Uh, so I can see why Tom Grennan wouldn't be your thing. He's not really in my in my album collection. No, <laughs> so I'm sure he's a lovely young man, and he's yeah. uh, he's obviously got a lot of fans. Terrible dress sense, but he probably thinks the same about me, so that's fine. Better than the American dress sense. Still no socks. Oh, they're Jesus still Christ. not wearing socks, Alex. They're still up. They're not wearing socks, and it's I. Whenever I see, and it's not just those guys. Whenever I see these people, because it is like a, it's a fashion thing now, isn't it? Mm. Wearing shoes without socks. I just think how sweaty and uncomfortable are your feet. Oh. 
Again, again, I think it's an age thing. I'd rather just be comfortable than look good now, I think. I don't Absolutely. really care. I'm quite happy. But no, look, the whole thing is so cheesy. It's like Justin Rose's smile with a, after he's eaten a bag of Watsits. Like, it's so <laughs> cheesy. So, but it's just good, good fun. And Zach Johnson got up and said a couple of words in Italian. Not sure what it was. Probably hello or... Thank you, or whatever it was. Evan Priest here from Golf Digest, who I think is coming on the show at the weekend, our Saturday correspondent. <laughs> and he pointed out that Zach Johnson trying to speak Italian sounded like Brad Pitt's character in Inglorious Bastards <laughs> trying to speak Italian. And at first I thought when I saw like Zach's <laughs> speech and I, I, I listened to him do it, I thought, good on you, fair yeah. play. That takes... That takes a bit of, bit of guts, takes yeah. some stones. And then I saw the tweet and that was me. I was going, oh, couldn't see it. That's absolutely it any other hilarious. Way. Yeah, but I, well, he started his speech and then he got interrupted by the flyover, which whether it was late or not, or whether whether Zach just went slightly early, don't know. But <laughs> that was quite funny when the, uh, the blue sky of Rome was filled with red, white and green. And uh, to be fair, he recovered well and he did, did. he did a very good job. The, we predicted tears and there was definitely a breaking in the voice when he started yeah. talking about his wife and his kids. Fair enough. I, I would probably do the same. And yeah, then we saw and his old coach as well. Yeah, his old coach. That was very emotional, yeah. wasn't it? And then yeah, he recovered just in time to thank every single person that's been involved in making this Ryder Cup happen. And then and then Luke Donald did the same. And I'm sort of thinking, couldn't one of you have just done this on yeah. behalf of both of you? We, you? We've spent ten minutes listening to all these same names <laughs> over and over again. It's like at a wedding when you get up and oh, they're thanking the bridesmaids again. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And then and then of course Luke Donald gets up and we were we were impressed with ZJ's little bit of Italian and then Luke Donald gets up and does a bloody monologue so unreal fair play didn't blink while doing it no so there was, <laughs> that guy was thinking you know what I have to I have to give credit where it's due because I was a little bit concerned for both men to be honest with you because I, I don't think that they are particularly extroverted individuals and speaking in public is probably quite a that's not something that they would choose to do well, that's not suggest. a criticism at all not, no. not at all some people just are that way but they both absolutely nailed it. I thought Donald in particular, I mean, he, he gave a spinal tap of a performance, you know, completely Rolls-Royced it. So, yeah, it was a pretty impressive way to start it. And he thanked the caddies as well. Which and I he loved. thanked the caddies. Because, because I, I tell you why I loved it. Not only because it's a nice touch, but because Zach Johnson didn't. And I bet somewhere the American caddies were just, oh, he thanked his caddies. Yes, Europe. <laughs> one up <laughs> but then we got into the the real nitty-gritty of the the foursomes parents so i'll tell you what we're heading towards a break we're going to discuss that in the second part but alex tell us about a couple of other things that you saw when you were down there being part of the opening ceremony part of the atmosphere what what stood out in terms of well just anything that caught your eye well mr blobby remember him from Noel's house, Noel, Noel Edmonds house party mr. mr blobby the mr blobby yeah Big pink guy with yeah. yellow spots. He was there. Yeah. Well, someone dressed as him was there. But Why? Was... It's 32 degrees. <laughs> no idea. That's but insane. I am going to do a slight tangent with a funny story from my youth. So when Noel, when Noel Edmonds was at the height of his fame, he lived in the same village as me in Devon. Or he had a house in the same village as me in Devon. Perfectly to, normal start to this story. He used to fly his helicopter into the, <laughs> into the market and he would just land and then he'd come in the pub, which was next door to my parents' house. And... So all the stuff when Noel's house party ended, all the props. Is this and the stuff, show or an average Saturday night in your village? No, sorry. When the show ended, <laughs> right. 
yeah, we used to, used to <laughs> Noel used to come over when it was live. We used to watch it together. <laughs> um, no, so when the show ended, all the props and things from the show ended up in what was basically a shed at the, in one of its fields at the bottom of our village. And we drive past it, and I don't know if you remember, older listeners will remember that he had this thing called the gotcha, where, which yes. was like the thing, the big trophy that you go and give to people. But there was a, a giant version of this gotcha in this field. It was like poking over the hedge. Hilarious. So one day, a few mates, a bit drunk, we got one of our mates in a truck, and we went and nicked it. And then we took it into the village. <laughs> you can find this story online if you Google it. We went into the village, oh and we bolted it into the concrete in the town square. <laughs> you mean, are joking me. And it was there for, I think it was there for about a week, but it was so funny. And it's right <laughs> outside my mum's house. Hilarious. So, yeah. No, I met Mr. Blobby. You, eh? I met Mr. Blobby. That was... That was good. I think maybe Noel was in the suit. That's the big reveal. Imagine that. Imagine mm. if he just come over and gone, Alex. How the bloody how are you? <laughs> Imagine he does that just generally, like goes out to big sporting events or any big occasion dressed as Mister Blobby, and they're like, oh, look at that, he's wearing Mister Blobby's suit, not knowing what's inside. Exactly. It's like the ultimate Russian doll reveal. Exactly. But the uh, I I always like listening to who gets the most cheers and boos. That sort of sounds a bit sad, but obviously Patrick Reed and actually. It was a bit more venomous in France than it was mm. today in Italy, I think. The, I, I mean, that was probably fueled by the fact that they had Pat, the Patrick Reeds of the world on, it, on their team. But, I mean, he got annihilated last time out. And this time it was, there was a bit of booing for Brooks Kepka when he was announced. There was, there was even a bit of booing for Zach Johnson when he got up to do his speech. But Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas all got huge cheers, mm -hmm. huge yeah. cheers. And that was that was quite telling. On the European side, uh, Rory McIlroy obviously got the biggest cheer. Sepp Stracker weirdly got the biggest, a, a huge cheer. Although that might be because I was stood next to a bunch of Austrians. I that met was, them out in the course today. They they're are fantastic, incredible. aren't they? Fantastic Amazing. people. But yeah, I, I I quite like. I don't know if it's. It feels like just from the reaction of a crowd to you being announced on stage gives you a general idea of what people think about you. And I, I quite like the psychology behind that. It's, yeah, I get you. And I think, you know what, probably the worst thing we, we as European fans, as a collective homogenous blob could have done is boo Brooks Kepka because <laughs> that's going to fire him up Absolutely. somewhat, I should think. I'm surprised. He, I mean, we're going to get to the pairings in a minute, but I'm surprised this hack wasn't quickly screwing yeah. some names out. Get the tipex out. Spoiler alert, Brooks Kepka is not in the opening session, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Indeed we shall. After the break, coming right up. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway. Yes, hello. Welcome back. Part two of today's Ryder Cup commute. Brought to you by the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway, Michael and Alex coming to you live from the media centre here at Marcus Simone Golf and Country Club. Just on the outskirts of Rome, the opening shots of the Ryder Cup as we record this are just over 12 hours away. Finally, we'll be able to talk about something that actually matters, <laughs> Alex. So... You hinted at it uh, just before the break. The foursomes pairings have been announced at the opening ceremony today. 
So let's just quickly run through them, shall we? Match number one. Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns taking on John Ram, Terrell Hatton. Match two, we'll see Max Homa and Brian Harmon, the Open Champ, take on Victor Hovland and Ludwig Oberg. Well done to Luke Donald for getting his name correct in the, <laughs> the speech at the opening ceremony. Absolutely. Nailed it. Match number three, Ricky Fowler and Colin Morikawa against Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka and the Friday foursomes in the morning will be rounded out by match four. Xander Schofley and Patrick Cantley against Fleetwood Mac. The rumours are true. Uh, Rory McIlroy and him. Tommy Fleetwood. Right then, Alex, let's go through these one by one. Scheffler Burns against Ram and Hatton. Thoughts? Well, we, we said this before, didn't we? We were expecting Ram and Hatton together. They tied last time they played. Hatton needs to find a partner. John Rahm needs a new partner after Sergio's gone. And the big question about those two is their temperament. John Rahm has obviously been working on that. I think it's probably safe to say it's one of the biggest things he's been working on. It's what's made him a major champion. It's the reason why he won the Masters. You like to think that, not like to think, but you have to think that in previous years when he was in contention, if he had been in contention the way he was this year, in previous years, he probably would have blown up and, and fallen away. But he's, he's really changed that part of his game and that's incredibly impressive. But they're up against not only one of the, well, the, the match play champion, but the best player in the world right now. Which and, is a terrifying prospect, but if they're looking for any sort of I don't know, good vibes or little bits of info or a nugget that's going to help them sleep tonight, then they can consider this. The 2022 President's Cup, Scheffler and Burns lost three times playing alongside one another just last year. I so, have just found that information out. Yeah. Or just remi been reminded of that information. Yeah, that's a very good point. So in some ways, a bit of a, what looked like at first like a total no-brainer pick by... Zach Johnson, when you drill down into it, there's maybe a little bit of scar tissue there, maybe not quite the formidable pairing that we thought they were. As an example, Thursday foursomes at the 2022 President's Cup. Sheffler Burns, they were fourth out of the five foursomes matches for the US, and they went down two up to Cam Davis and Siwoo Kim. Mm -hmm. Now, nothing against those two guys whatsoever, but Sheffler Burns, we've been led to believe that these were a super pairing, and that it was effectively a point, or at least very least a half for the states maybe not well now you've said that <laughs> just just give it to ramen hatton now <laughs> so match number two and for me this is where the surprises are i don't know about you but max yep. homa and brian Harmon, victor hovland ludovic aberg Homa and Harmon, I didn't have down as a pairing. I don't think at anyone any point. did. I'm really surprised about that. I don't think anyone did. Yeah, so a bit of a bit of a left field one there from from Zach Johnson. But from what we're led to believe, Brian Harmon has been playing brilliantly since yeah. he got here. Now he gave us a masterclass at the Open, but I think it was Todd Lewis from Golf Channel tweeted earlier saying that Brian Harmon is. According to Davis Love the Third, he told Todd Lewis that Harmon hasn't missed a shot since he got off the plane. Harmon hasn't missed a shot since he got off the plane in Liverpool. Um, <laughs> that is a yeah, like you say, that is the biggest shot shock, definitely. I don't look. Maybe they're just saying right, 
Max, this is the best, but for the reason that you've just said that Harmon is playing so well mm. and Max Homer seems to be the player that the American captaincy team is most nervous about, maybe that's why they've done it. Maybe they've gone, right, well, let's stick him out with the player who's absolutely hottest and, and doesn't care. But it's not very often you get two rookies going up together in the first no. session, is it? Especially the second match. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's, that's incredible. Really and bold call. Ludwig and Hovland, we we kind of called that, didn't we? We were, we're, we're pretty proud of ourselves for that. I'm excited by them because they could be a, a pairing for the next 15 years, yeah. potentially. I mean, I know it's pretty obvious to go, oh, I compared the Scandinavians together, but they seem like a good mix. They're, they're similar ages. They've got similar personalities, I think. Very similar games as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to take them on. So, yeah, we'll see. But we'll, we'll, we'll make our score prediction at the end of it. Match number three, Fowler and Morikawa against Lowry and Straka. So another of the rookies getting picked by Luke Donald in the, the foursome session, which is a surprise to me. I, I had him benching all four, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. Aberg, maybe the, Oberg, the exception, I would guess. Straka coming in, though, with Lowry. Ball-striking machines, the pair of them. Yeah. Uh, again, just I trust them. I trust Luke Donald. I trust Luke Donald's captaincy team. They've they've made this decision based on the data, and I, I haven't seen a lot of Lowry out there in the practice rounds. But I'm led to believe that Stracker is like Harmon playing very well in the practice rounds. Yeah, so, Stracker's been striping it. So, yep, yeah, he's. I'd be really interested to know, and perhaps we'll never know how late that decision was because mm. we didn't have that pairing down at all did at we all. and there's every possibility that they played today's practice round and that decision was made after that so be Quite really interested yeah. to know it'd be really interesting to know Fowler and Morikawa yeah Fowler again he's got a lot to prove we said it in the preview podcast or you said it specifically he has got a lot to prove and that's uh, that's actually out of the four matches I think that's the one that's going to be the most fun if that makes sense. Yep. I think that's going to be really good fun to watch and I'm really looking forward to that. There's going to be a lot of great iron play going on there. That's for absolute certain. Which brings us to the, the anchor match in the, the session. And it's a blockbuster, isn't it? Rory and Tommy against Xander and Patrick. Oof. Xander and Cantley just cracking jokes all the way around. <laughs> we called Rory, didn't we? Like The Rory-Tommy... It feels like that group has that pairing has four zero zero written all over it. It's mm. just it's it's going to be Tommy and and uh, Frankie all over again. Who's going to do the heavy lifting? Do you think? I don't think either of them need to. I think they're both. Well, first of all, they're two of the best players in the world, as are Xander and Cuntley, of course. But I don't know. There's just something about those two that I'm so excited to see because Rory is. The, for my money the best player in the world and has been for some time Tommy is an unbelievable iron player just an, uh, like there's not many players you would describe as delicious he is de <laughs> he's delicious to watch isn't he it's just lovely and, and a, a, a ball striking supremo so oh mate I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words because I'm absolutely buzzing for that group yeah I'm that's going to be amazing, for it. amazing to watch then, of course, there are the guys that are sitting. So the big surprise, I guess. And probably, probably Homer and Harmon are the ones that we, I guess, would take out and 
put these guys in when we were making our predictions, but Spieth and Thomas, where are they tomorrow morning? Yeah, a shocker. well, we're led to believe that their foursomes record is not good. I believe you've got a data pal who mm-hmm. uh, who slides into your DMs. Yeah, just get some I was, people thrown my way from time to time. Generally, uh, before while you're looking that up, generally I, I'm surprised by that. I, I thought they would play most uh, like record, uh, sorry, poor record or not. You sort of feel like those two, they needed to come here, the USA, and and put out a statement in the first morning. They're coming here as the defending champions after such a dominant win last time. They've still got this 30-year thing hanging over them, but. All, all by all accounts, those two have not been playing well mm-hmm. in practice. So, again, exactly the same as Lowry Stracker. Like, when was that decision made? Mm-hmm. Has that deci- was that decision made three, four, five days ago? Was it made two weeks ago? Was it made forty-five minutes ago? Yeah. So it's really interesting. My hunch is that the US and Zach in particular, they're really leaning on data to to make their decisions. Mm-hmm. Not even just inform them. It's like this is what the data says, and yep. this is what we think you should do. How else do you explain the likes of Homer and Harmon? And that ties in with the anecdotal stuff that Harmon has been absolutely flushing it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, what I was told about Spieth and and Thomas, not even in the top 100 optimum US foursome pairings, and that these pairings are very smart. They've done their work this time, big time, was the the little bit of info I was given. So (laughs) that's the surprises, I guess, on the American side, but maybe not based on what we've just told you. On the European side, so obviously no Hoygaard, no Bob McIntyre in the morning. And the other two that are sitting, Matt Fitzpatrick and Justin Rose. Now, I had Fitzpatrick and Rose playing alongside one another. I think you yeah. possibly did as yeah, well. Yeah, I did, yeah. From what I hear, Rose is maybe struggling to find his best stuff so far this week. Bob mack has been struggling a little bit in practice from what we gather. Is there anyone that you think that's sitting out so far tomorrow that isn't going to play any part I know it's a hard question because the the results of the morning session might dictate it. I think the only person I'm genuinely concerned about, and I'm very sorry to say this, but it is Bob Mack, purely for the reason that he just he can't hit the planet at the moment. He's really struggling. But while I say, while I get attacked by a bug, (laughs) while I say that he's struggling off the tee, He's not struggling with his irons. Not I mean, he, like I said, he almost killed me over there in the in the rough on the side of the first fairway. But he then, you know, he hit, he hit his next shot over about a thousand people. Like he didn't even ask them to move his eyes to go over the top of them. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> and then pumped it up to the green. And he just, there's, there's something about his demeanor as well, which is concerning me. Now, you know him better than I do, but... Every time I've seen him this week, he's a very cheeky chappy and he's, he's doing all that stuff online. He's, he's, you know, he's had that little viral video go and the, the picture of him in the Ride Cup Europe onesie pyjamas, yeah. But when I've seen him out and about, he looks nervous, like he looks concerned. Mm-hmm. And I, I can only come to the conclusion that, A, he is nervous, because why wouldn't you be playing in your first Ryder Cup? You've been desperate to get here. And then... When your driver is doing what his driver's doing, I mean, I would be panicking because I would be yeah. thinking, I can't hit a fairway and these guys are relying on me. If, if 
if Luke Donald's going to be looking at this, I'm not playing. Like, there's every possibility I'm not playing till the singles. Now, that's not going to that's, happen, I of course. It's not going to happen. Luke's not going to do that. But he's the only person I could see sitting out tomorrow. But I actually think everyone will play tomorrow. Yeah, so. I, I, I think so too. I mean, Luke Donald strikes me as a guy who's got a plan and will probably stick to it and he'll, he'll trust it. And he won't want to have Bob sitting out until afternoon on Saturday. But I do agree that if Bob is struggling with his driver, well, that doesn't make him a very reliable foursome's prospect or partner. So better to just let him go with his own ball in four balls and do his own thing. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, where am I putting this from a partner? Where am I hitting the next shot from? He can just play his own game on his own terms, probably with a really experienced partner alongside him. Maybe a Justin Rose, a calming influence. Yep. Somebody who can be relied upon if he finds what's missing in his game to just you know win holes and all that sort of stuff it just lets Bob free feel it I think that's what he'll need but I certainly there's some speculation doing the rounds in the media centre that Bob won't appear until you know afternoon on Saturday at the earliest I don't see it I, I do think Luke will want to give everybody the chance tomorrow but look anything could happen we could be 4-0 down come lunch on Friday let's hope it's not that and at this point, Alex, before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you for your prediction for the foursome session. How do you see it breaking down? Well, I've I tweeted two two. Nice come against that, isn't it? I know. I wrote three one, but I didn't want to come across as cocky, so or too arrogant, or uh, sorry, to Europe. Right. But maybe maybe I'll be more confident in the <laughs> spoken platform. I will I will go three one Europe. Okay. Which match are we not winning or? Oh, God. Don't ask me for that. Um, I think... Mm, okay, well... All right, so... Rahm and Hatton are taking a point. Yep. Hovland and Oberg are taking a point. Yep. Despite Harmon. Harmon's heroics will, <laughs> will be in vain. Uh, McElroy and Fleetwood are going 4-0-0. So, so Shane sorry, Shane and Strep. You're, uh, you're going down to Fowler-Morikawa, the, the okay. Californian combo. Morikawa is Californian, isn't he? He must yes. be. He must yes. be. Look, yes. He looks like a surfer, dude. <laughs> Funnily enough, I see it exactly the same way. I have it at 3-1 and probably the, the same breakdown of results. So, from our point of view, to be right as much as anything, never mind the fact we're European and want the guys to win, let's hope we're right. But, as I said at the top, it is now time for the, the talking to stop and the action to begin. So, Alex, next time we speak, will be at the end of play on Friday. You'll be able to listen to our, our thoughts on how it all went. And we will put the pod out straight away. We won't leave it until Saturday morning because, again, it gets underway pretty early doors on Saturday. Speaking of which, first balls in the air on Friday, Alex, at 7.35. Rome yes. time, 6.35. So set your alarms nice and early folks we will be doing that we'll be in the first tee along with four and a half thousand others to see this thing get going and i absolutely cannot wait i'm sure you're the same alex the as i said many a time the first tee experience of the Ryder cup is my favorite thing in sport to go and do so yep i i'm not entirely sure i will sleep tonight bring it on Thank you to you, Alex. Thank you to Callaway for the continued support. Thank you very much, most importantly, to you for listening. It's time for the Ryder Cup to start. Let's go. Let's go.